you are at Founders FAQ, answers to all the possible questions of a founder. One of the very first questions that I ask a founder is, why did you pick this problem to solve? There are many problems that you could pick. Why did you pick this one? Because if the founder is obsessed with the problem rather than the solution, that is the founder that I want to work with. Because that founder fixes that problem one way or another. Entrepreneurship is hard and it will usually take six to ten years for the company to reach like giant success. And the founders who are obsessed with the problem keeps their motivation during the journey. Welcome to Founders FAQ. Today, my guest is Duygu Öktem Clark. Duygu is the founding managing partner at Do Venture Partners that invests in early stage tech startups and coaches corporate innovation through partnerships with startups. She is also on the jury in the European Innovation Council funds to select, support, and invest in top class innovators and entrepreneurs. Prior to Do Venture Partners, Duygu was a business development leader in European investment fund. Before that, she was a founder of Turk Telecom Startup Accelerator, which is Turkey's first startup accelerator. Duygu, welcome to Founders of AQ. My first question to you, what's the first question to the founder at your very first meeting? Yeah, uh, one of the very first questions that I ask a founder is, why did you pick this problem to solve? There are many problems that you could pick. Why did you pick this one? Because if the founder is obsessed with the problem rather than the solution, that is the founder that I want to work with. Because that founder fixes that problem one way or another. Entrepreneurship is hard and it will usually take six to ten years for the company to reach like giant success. And the founders who are obsessed with the problem keeps their motivation during the journey. That is why starting with a problem, not an idea, is very important for me. Um, so that's one of the first things that I look into a founder. And what do you think about the teams? Do you think outstanding teams can figure out the problem and even the market is not that big, they pivot and move fast and make things happen or market gets really first on your end? What do you think? I really believe in the team, even though I have questions about the market, I still invest in because I believe that the founders will find a way to figure that out. Pivoting is an essential part of the journey, and so I believe the founders will either pivot to another market or find a solution that will disrupt that market. Having said that, I don't invest in the markets that I have no idea about, such as genomics. So if I really believe in the team, even though I have questions about the market, I still invest in. Great. So you invest a lot to early-stage startups and most of the founders always have questions on the valuation part while getting their investment. So what do you use to value the company, both in pre-revenue and post-revenue stage? When I say this, most of the first-time founders get in shock, but there is no such a thing as the right valuation for the early-stage startups. So because there are no numbers to crunch and there is no formula that you use as early-stage investors, the valuation is based on three things for me. The team, market, Interaction. Based on these answers, the valuation of the startup is determined. In the Bay Area, last year we saw C rounds at a median post valuation of $10 million. 
And based on your answers, you are like somewhere between six to let's say sixty uh, with a median of ten million. This value is higher for most of the, for example, Y Combinator startups since the demand is high. So this also tells us that there is no formula, and the demand is another factor that we consider. And as of April 2020, due to COVID-19, we have seen the valuations are coming down. In summary, there is no one formula that we use. The team, market, and traction are the three important things, but also uh, the demand is one of the factors that we consider. In recent years, round sizes of Series A's are increasing when compared to like three, four years ago, and. Readiness to Series A is getting much more important to raise the round. So, what are your top proof points to reveal in Series A that? Yeah, at Series A, um, no, I mostly invest in pre-seed and seed stage startups. Uh, I rarely do Series A, but when I do Series A deals, I look at the traction because at Series A it's all about growth. So I need to see there is there's a sustainable growth. In that startup, at Series A, it's not about the team anymore because the team is most relevant in the early stages. And in Series A, the traction—I mean, when I say traction, I mean a sustainable growth. So if a startup shows that they are growing uh, and they have a method to even scale it more, then that is a good Series A pitch mm-hmm. for me. You mean sustainable growth, right? It at least seven, eight months. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. If if you show me like just numbers from the last month or the last two months, it does mean nothing to me because I need to see the trend. I don't invest in dots. I need to see the trend. Great. And most of the founders want to raise from top tier VCs. And what do you suggest for the local founders who wants the top tier VC money? Most of the tier one VCs are based in the Bay Area, and they are mostly focused on the Bay Area startups because their investment thesis is based on that. That is how they secure money from their LPs. Therefore, their efforts are mostly on the Bay Area. However, some of them have local VC funds that focus on specific uh, geographies such as Sequoia, India. So, even you're a successful startup in your home country with a proven track record. When you expand your business into the U.S., the VCs don't count on your previous track record because market dynamics and user experiences are so different in it for every country, and meaning that your local success is not a guarantee of your success in the U.S. So you believe that you have a global product and an amazing team, and you want to get funding from uh, a tier one VC, then your best bet is to move to the Bay Area. And your R&D team can stay in your whole country, but your sales and marketing operations should be here. Great, and I'm sure you're getting tons of emails from founders. So, what do you prefer, warm introductions or crystal clear blurbs? I would say like 100% warm intros. I have heard that cold emails work to get the attention of a VC, especially in the Bay Area. And also, when I think about myself, like I, I'm getting a lot of emails through my uh, the email that I put on the website. Um, but to be honest, like I, I look at them, but um, have I ever invested in one of them? No. It may definitely work in smaller ecosystems, but if you are talking about the Bay Area, it is pretty much Bay Area is pretty much built on networks. So if you are trying to reach a, reach um, out a VC fund, your best bet is a warm intro from a founder that we see back before. And timing to raise a round is another critical part. What's the right time to raise the money 
for angels and precious stage startups. What do you suggest for that? I think when you have your A team in place and you gain like early traction for your product and you are showing signals of that you are on track to find the product market fit, I think that is the best time. And the founder raised money and what to expect from the VC partner in the journey? Since I have been an operator for the most of my career, I love rolling my series up and you know work with founders. So sometimes I'm just a cheerleader for the team and sometimes I'm helping hiring. Sometimes I'm providing feedback to the startup sales playbook. And sometimes I'm making an introduction to someone in the media. So I'm trying to do my best to help them. And of course, when they are ready to raise again, I use my network to uh, help their fundraising efforts. So I'm trying to do my best. And being an operator is a huge plus, I think, because I can you know, help with um, many other things. These are all my questions. And lastly, do you have any message for founders right now while listening to the founders of AQ? I have huge respect for founders because I really believe that they are great gifts for the human humanity because they are making really our world a better, fairer, a, a better place. And entrepreneurship is really hard. And that's why I really have huge respect for them. I want to say to them, like, don't give up. It's really hard. It's a really hard journey, but don't give up and focus on the right things and you will get definitely at the point that you, you, you want. Duygu, it's really nice having you at Founders FAQ. Thank you for coming here. Thank you, Jack. By the way, Founders FAQ is in pre-order and it covers the answers to all the possible questions of a founder in a startup journey, whether revealing life-saving principles for the startup survival path, building A-plus teams, creating an evolving machine, setting up a need culture, or interpreting the true path for the fundraising. You can pre-order it from foundersfaq.com and you can follow us on Instagram, Twitter, YouTube, and Facebook.